Hi everyone, welcome to another Artsy Quater podcast. I'm Akanksha Raja and today we're at the beginning of August, which means the Singapore International Festival of Arts is about to be in full swing. It's in its final year under festival director Ong Keng Sen, and the lineup this year is quite intriguing in many ways. One of the events that's particularly inspiring is Open Homes, which was previously presented at the CIFA 2015. And it's one of those events which is less like a traditional theatrical performance and more of a human, intimate, communal experience. So today we have with us Jeffrey Tan, who is the director of Open Homes. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello. Thanks for having us. So could you tell us a little bit about what Open Homes is all about? Open Homes is a theatre in the home experience where the residents are also the storytellers. So for 30 to 45 minutes, these residents will be sharing stories of inspiration, stories and memories of life experience. Because this year's theme for Sifa is enchantment, mm-hmm. so I was interested in really, you know, when we talk about enchantment, uh, is there still enchantment in the mm-hmm. world that we're in? Yeah. How, do we, how do we find enchantment? And I think uh, working with the 30 different homes uh, through the 10 different facilitators, uh, I discovered that you know enchantment can be found in sometimes very ordinary and often forgotten uh, stories, and and this project has uh, I think enriched all parties involved from the mm-hmm. residents. You know how do you reflect and capture your life experience in thirty to forty five minutes uh, to the theatre facilitators, who some of them are very established theatre you know performers directors. Uh, but this time, they're not really directing or, or constructing the piece themselves, but they are really facilitating the residents to bring out their stories. So really, you know, the, the whole experience has been very enriching. And to see the confidence of the residents, uh, of course, a production is not just about the resident and the theatre facilitator. It's also supported by a stage manager. Uh, and in this case, the stage managers also... Uh, act as scribes, archivists, uh, and this year because you know we had to submit the script to IMDA, mm-hmm. so you know they were also helping to collate the different ideas and and put into a script, and then of course uh, there is the front of house, uh, that's also very unusual because you know most front of house you sort of just welcome to people to the theatre, yeah. but in this instance uh, the theatre is in the person's home. Mm-hmm. And you know we it, it's like quite challenging to find where's a good visible space to meet the public, and then how do we bring them to the home without releasing the address of the residents? Mm-hmm. And I think the final uh, component that makes open homes very special is the audience, yeah, because uh, the audience is not just a passive audience, you know, sitting in a dark theater, escaping for the next two hours, but this time you're in someone's home. And when you're in someone's home, I think the intimate, sometimes vulnerable experience, uh, it's a moment that I think we've all sometimes afraid to confront or never had the chance or opportunity to interact. Uh, and it's been really moving to see how audiences can be moved. And I think two years ago, someone said this, you know, that uh, it was, it's amazing to see how strangers can become friends. And, and I think it's a unique experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was reading through the list of residents from the CIFA website and it's quite a diverse range of individuals, partners and families from various walks of life. So how did you go about finding the residents? Uh, 
I started a year ago uh, when Kensen asked if I wanted to do uh, open homes again this year for the final his final uh, installation. I, I jumped at the opportunity because I, I just felt that it is a very special project and to be honest there's no way one can, can do this project without the support of a big festival mm -hmm. uh, and I think what helped with the whole experience was that we had very positive experience from the residents from the first round so the 25 residents uh, a lot of them actually recommended friends uh, and then of course through Facebook other friends recommended other friends mm -hmm. and since I guess from December to January Feb I went, a whole, I went on a whole series of blind dates, <laughs> meeting yeah. people in their homes, nice. uh, and, and yeah, so, so that was really interesting, and of course, I think subconsciously, I was also uh, careful that it is not just uh, a, you know, a majority of people from a particular race, but how do we then reach out to the different races through this yeah. project as well. And I'm happy to say, through the help of some of the theatre facilitators, we've got eight Malay families okay. uh, and sharing some very intimate stories. Mm -hmm. So Open Homes was uh, previously presented in 2015. Why is it being brought back again and are there any changes or differences this oh, yes, time around? Yes, yes, there's a lot of changes. One, the first round we only went to the condominiums and landed property. Okay. This year, uh, consciously, I went to look for people in HDB flats and mm -hmm. we managed to find 20 families who are opening up the HDB flats. Mm -hmm. They range from a tiny uh, three-room flat in the heart of town to a seven-room extended HDB flat in Woodlands. So it's not just the size, but it's also the stories. I think in 2015, a lot of the homes, uh, when they did this project, it was a lot of it was based only in the living room. Uh, okay. But this year, we've got quite a number of families who are happy to show their homes beyond the living room. Mm -hmm. So we've got some, some residents actually who take us into their bedroom, into mm -hmm. their library, into their kitchen. Uh, and for me, that's, I mean, it, it really goes to show when given opportunities, people with open minds will actually take very big steps mm -hmm. you know and, and I think the whole idea of open homes is for people to experience other people's story and to spend time with another human being you know I think yeah. a lot of times we're on the phone we're even with family members we don't spend time to talk to each other mm -hmm. so you know going back to your question of why open homes I think what open homes is trying to do is to through theatre, through this intimate theatre experience, bring people together to hopefully open their minds mm -hmm. uh, and open their hearts and not just listening to the stories but we hope that audiences who come will also share their stories. Mm -hmm. So when you met all these residents, did you find that they were all very open to share about their experiences or did you face some challenges in maybe yeah. certain things that they want to keep to themselves yes, they, they yes. feel vulnerable sharing yeah. it? So definitely. did you have any challenges? Yes, uh, definitely. I think in generally, I think as, I don't know, maybe it's an Asian thing. We mm -hmm. A lot of us yeah. have this uh, false belief that, you know, our stories don't matter. Yeah. You know, our, our stories are so common, it's so boring. Why would people want to come and uh, hear our stories? What's the purpose of doing this? So the, the switch that I made, I mean, when I first did this, I, I really sold it as a theatre project and 
it was really hard to get people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, with the 2015 experience, now in 2017, I think I tweaked it really as, do you like to meet people? Mm-hmm. Have you got, if you've got 30 minutes to share something that's important to you or that inspires you, what would you share? And I think that, that, that change of framing invited a lot more people to come forward and say that, yeah, this is an important story to share. Mm. So joining Jeffrey today, we also have uh, one of the artist facilitators as well as a resident. The artist facilitator is Oniata Effendi. Hello. I was interested in what the role of the artist facilitator is because obviously this project is about the resident and the sharing of their stories and experiences. So how do you shape the experience and what's that process like? It's been a few months already yeah, since we six started months. this. Yeah. Well, for, for you, six months. But I think for me, when we started coming into the homes proper, a bit less than six months left. Four. Four months. Um, with each home, it's been a different process. I mm-hmm. think this is not a cookie-cutter situation. They come in different shapes and sizes, different permutations, different uh, stories. Uh, and I think my role has been one to facilitate that dialogue with the homeowners. In facilitation, I, I suppose one of the things that I've done as, uh, as part of this project is to navigate with them. Um, in 30 minutes, we sometimes have a lot to tell. Um, so it's, a lo- uh, it's about journeying with them and then at some point being selective and what we want and what we don't want in this. And, and at the end of the day, the ownership, the, the, the story is owned by them. Uh, I don't like to think of it as something that the theatre facilitator comes in to dictate. It shouldn't be that way. Um, so in navigating, we identify what their strengths are. What can they do? If I have a homeowner that uh, is a life coach, for example, and teaches uh, people to breathe, then why not we get the participants to learn how to breathe? Mm-hmm. If she meditates in silence, why not we use that silence in the space as well? So that's one of my homeowners, um, Anthea. Uh, who actually uh, does this and she, she's a life coach and she has uh, meditative sessions with her own uh, clients and we've incorporated that as part of the experiential journey the participants who come to watch her piece mm-hmm. uh, is taken through. The um, title of the show. Yeah, title of that show is Between Sunset and Sunrise and, mm-hmm. and really where Anthea is staying um, it faces the East Coast Park so there's a spectacular view of the beach and she actually told me when we first came that this is where the sun sets and you actually see the sunrise mm-hmm. so we use that as part of the crafting of the story mm-hmm. la. so what can they do as I said also we navigate asking them what they want to share mm-hmm. uh, sometimes in the session they tell you a lot of things but some of these things they would not be comfortable telling to an audience of 12 to 20 mm-hmm. people. I think some of these homeowners come with very painful pasts. One of my homeowners uh, uh, got out of a divorce and with two kids. Uh, she has since rebuilt her family with a new marriage. And in that comes having to heal the son who is now 12 years old. So mm-hmm. while she wants to tell this story and we want to include a 12-year-old boy in this, how do we navigate in order for the boy to comfortably talk about these narratives that he has. Mm. And, the title uh, of the show. and the title of the show is... Zulet's Yarn. <laughs> Thank you, Jeffrey. So that's a very interesting one as well. We've incorporated for that piece something quite... How would you say that? Uh, um, 
We've turned the house into something different. An some, installation. In, yeah, it's kind of an installation because of a dream that she mentioned. I don't give so much spoiler. Yeah, yeah. So she mentioned a dream about ropes. And then the <laughs> rat. And no, not that sort of ropes. As in like she tries to reach out to these ropes with dirty winded philosophy. She tries to reach out to these ropes and then she doesn't, she doesn't seem to get a hold of it. And, I, and we started talking about what these dreams mean and all that. And then as she was talking and that's when I okay okay come take out whatever rope you have and we started to make a mess out of the house okay. and throughout the process we realized how do we declutter physically that mess that's in her head yeah. um and along the way we built trust thankfully with uh, two of the three homes i actually know these uh, people that helps and the third home the, 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 wait, but one of the homes i had to get to know uh-huh. the third home for me is uh, very interesting mother just now i said mother son right and the son is 12 son mother daughter and it's uh, elderly mother, so she's in her 60s, and the daughter is 50, I think, no, 40, 40 plus, 40 something, turning 50. Uh, this one, very interesting. The mother used to be a singer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the daughter collects uh, antique. antique furniture, and she actually uh, re, what do you call that? Re- Purpose refurbish. 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 She refurbishes it, so yeah. refurbish. What do you say? It's not re-what? I said repurpose. Like no, no, no. Oh, so no, can you repurpose? No, no re- repurpose means you use it for another For something purpose. else. Uh, no, 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 no. She repurposes. Really so she keeps it as vintage. The, yeah. yeah. Um, restores it. Restores! Yeah, yeah, yeah. right <laughs> so um, that one was uh, also very interesting because mother and daughter at a period of time did not spend... Uh, didn't stay together. Didn't stay together. Yeah, so and so, so they were apart. So th- th- even till today, we're still navigating. Do we want to tell that story? You know, and every time that story gets poked, my homeowner feels very nostalgic and teary-eyed about it. Mm. But she she wants to, to allow that space to let her to, uh, to let her be vulnerable in that yeah. moment, and she wants to share that story. So somehow along the way, uh, when we navigate, we realize it's quite a healing space. You know, that they're allowed to to, to delve in, uh, you know, spaces that they would otherwise not. Uh, delve into mm-hmm. um, and there is an audience which begs me to answer the same question that you were asked you know why would why would uh, we get people to buy tickets for this um, these are real people mm-hmm. and very often when we go into the theater as you said we escape we watch characters we watch people in the form of other people putting up a show these are real people telling their stories it's almost voyeuristic except it's legal you get to come in and see you don't have to go and beep in the lubang of the hole or something you know um, and, and these are homeowners that have put in so much love and generosity of their time and their you know their energies and it would be a pity if nobody comes to watch the show isn't it they're opening their hearts it's such an intimate theatre experience and we, we hope that through this people are making connections mm-hmm. so that for me is what's so important about this project so in your role as the facilitator do you just facilitate uh, with the Resident, or do you also facilitate between the audience and the resident? Are you going to be present uh, during the? Oh no, no, it's, it's not forum theatre. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, intervention. Okay. I think you'll just trying to visualize what the experience would be like uh, for the audience okay, going in. Okay, you come, you see my face. I will welcome you. I will thank my sponsors, <laughs> and then I will surrender to my front of house who will lead the way. Yeah. Okay. And then you must sew into the house. You go in, and then you will be enchanted. It's like yeah. underground theatre, you know, you, you meet at a, a public space and then they take you to this person's house and I think just come and experience because every home is different, the content that they share is different, the way they share is different, mm-hmm. uh, so really nothing beats 
being there. Yeah. You know, and, and it's about the, the, the effort of being there, I think will, will benefit you tremendously if you're there, not just, in, not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. to be on this journey. Mm. You know, then, then I think you'll get something out of it because uh, as, as Oniata shared, right, it, it's really about the residents sharing their journey, their process. Mm. Uh, we've had quite a few previews where we invited friends, you know, come along and they get feedback and a lot of it has been very, very positive. Uh, local folks, people who are visiting are saying that this is a, a rare opportunity yeah. because, you know, a lot of times we think we know but more often than not, we don't know. Mm. You know, and I think we, we think we, even within family members, sometimes you, you assume yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes you only through a process like this you, you begin to discover a different perspective mm-hmm. you know some, some discover through talking some discover through watching yeah. some discover through how they react to the process mm-hmm. you know so it's always been amazing I mean the first year in 2015 we had families where it started with one or two person being involved in the project Mm-hmm. Then towards the end in the final show, it was like the entire family is involved mm-hmm. because they feel like we can't talk about our late mother, just father and son. Yeah. Our sisters need to be involved. Yeah, of course. You know, and then suddenly they're involved, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I think the readiness of the family members, uh, the willingness, mm-hmm. and, and of course time. You know, time is a tough one. And, and this is a project where it is not just about opening your house in two days and you know, sharing twice a day. There is a six rehearsal process, mm-hmm. you know, six sessions of rehearsal, uh, where we actually go through quite a, almost... It's a, a very a, rigorous process. Yes, actually. it's a very rigorous process. It, there's no like set formula, but we, we know what we need to, or where we are trying to go with each rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. And with each rehearsal process, it's like, it's like you know, you, you, you're trying to find your way with the uh, different pieces of a map you know and, and this journey we, we start off not knowing where the what the final picture is going to look like because you have different pieces then when you put them together and then it sort of feels right it looks right and then when the audience come I think they form that final piece piece yeah mm. yeah so if that doesn't inspire our listeners enough to go out and buy tickets, we actually have one of the residents with us to share her experience. This is Xiao Chen. Hi. Hi. What has your experience been and what inspired you to be a part of this project? So, actually I did heard of Open Homes in 2015 and then I thought it was a pretty interesting idea because like, um, I'm quite a private person. <laughs> so actually I don't really invite my friends to my house. <laughs> And the only people who step into my house are my family. Mm-hmm. So um, now you're gonna have a whole bunch yes. of strangers so in your house. And, and my family is pretty private too. Mm-hmm. So um, when my friends do come over, they will behave very differently um, or like um, shun into the rooms and everything. So I just thought it would be a good opportunity that throughout the whole rehearsal process, see what my fa- how my family reacts to it and a good chance for me to try to open up Mm -hmm. and during this whole process it was quite it's pretty tough because I have to 
as as we know, like when we start, we got no idea where we're going to end off. So we had to uh, talk a lot with uh, a facilitator that I see just on the first day, which I have never ever met. My facilitator is Jaylene, um, but she was really approachable and open. So it was easy to talk to her and you got to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> then you decide, uh, oh, okay, so this is what I want to do eventually. So in a short time, in a short time span, I open up a lot more to her than I would have um, to a lot of my friends or even my family mm-hmm. sometimes. So it was quite, this experience was like, okay, knowing myself better also. Mm-hmm. Was it therapeutic? Quite. Because I have to put down my thoughts and my experiences into words. I had to um, organize them and um, communicate. Yeah. So. Um, it is pretty therapeutic and I decided to take up this also because this few years um, my family has been through quite a lot so I really want to thank them for Mm. being part of my life and being who they are being so supportive so I took up this um, opportunity to speak to them and then but I'm doing doing it on my own because I think if I'm gonna involve my family, it might I'll be go, too much a shock. Yeah, for them. I'll, mm-hmm. it might be too much a shock for them, and I might go haywire too. It's <laughs> like yeah. Interestingly, Jalen is working with three families as well. Uh, the data facilitator that's working with Xiao uh, Jin, and uh, strangely, this year it happens that all three families are solo presentations. So Xiao oh. Jin is by herself. Then the second family that Jalen is working with is uh, with a cancer patient, mm. uh, Cynthia. The piece is called The Best Time. And again, that's a, a story of you know, a lot of resilience, right? Mm. When you discover you have the big C. Mm. And it's not about the oh, poor thing. Uh, I think the more I, I, I watch the rehearsal and, and the run, it's really about how do you... It's like the morning after. Mm-hmm. You know, the drama is not in the getting the big C or why I'm getting the big C. I mean, that seems to be a lot of public focus and stories. Mm-hmm. I think very few people talk about what happens the day after the chemo? Mm-hmm. What happens between the chemos? What happens when you realise the next chemo may not happen? Mm-hmm. So I think it's that kind of a intimate, vulnerable uh personal experience that we rarely hear mm-hmm. you know so it would be a pity because I think the big C is not something we all talk about we know about yeah. but how do you cope with that right yeah. and then the, the third family that Jalen is working with is uh, another senior woman Alice uh, who you know only had to stop school at SAC 2 because of family situations but because of that she had a chance to work in a restaurant and through working in the restaurant, she learned, right? Her memory is so good, she can remember the different dishes, call mm-hmm. the dishes. And because of her never give up attitude, you know, she was able to reinvent herself and find a better job because she was having a daughter, blah, blah, blah. Then how then do you be a better person, right? So I don't know whichever age, she finally took her O-levels mm-hmm. and, you know, never stopped learning. So she's going for a computer course, phone conversation calls mm. and you know the yeah so for me these are like stories of inspiration mm. whether they are positive they are challenging you know in life we go through so much 
Sometimes it takes us to meet someone else for us to then actually stop and say, hey, actually, what are we doing? Is, mm. is what I'm doing of value to me? Is what I'm doing of value to the people around me? What does it mean? Right? So these are very broad issues that I think sometimes in the, in the art world, we forget. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because we are pressured to sell tickets. <laughs> right? That we, we forget that yeah. these are intimate conversations and, and big life choices that we need to grapple with. Mm. But at the same time, I need to interject here and say yes, that yes. while there are very many organic stories, uh, that's where the role of the artist facilitator comes in because like every good story, there is a climb to find a point of climax, climax. <laughs> <laughs> or a of tension. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The elements of drama needs to be there. Yes, yeah, so we can, otherwise yeah. we're just going to come here and listen to yeah, uncle yeah, or auntie yeah. say, this is my cupboard, this yeah. is my cabinet, this is my yeah. dog. So it can't just be there. So there's a very intricate... Um, Play-building experience. Yes. Um, so it is quite theatrical. It is very theatrical. Yes, it's completely yeah. theatrical. And I think in parts, for me especially, I've tried to ensure that the homeowners try to embody these elements within yeah. the performance you know and sometimes it has we push them out of their comfort zone just a little uh, mm-hmm. with one of the homes the one with the ropes i told you right dean rope now you know I, I made her write that monologue um, about that dream yeah. and she was so excited to present it because we, we forgot that she was once a theater study student Oh. So that coming back into that theatre space, she was completely rolling with it, you know. <laughs> and that was really quite beautiful yeah. to watch because she was going back into spaces that uh, made her that happy younger person that she was, mm-hmm. you know. And her son was also taking in the experience with her. So really lovely, la. I think the experience has been very, very intimate. And, and also, I mean, for people who are very experienced performing, so like myself, this year, other than producing the whole thing, I'm working with four of the families. Uh, like Antonio and uh, Daphne, they're yeah. well-known flamenco dancers, yeah. right? And of course, some people will say, oh, they already did a play about Antonio, right? Two years ago in the <laughs> festival. So why are they doing open homes? Mm. I think they're doing open homes because they are exploring their relationship. And if you come to Living Flamenco, you will see the passionate them, but the focus is not so much on Antonio, but on their relationship. Mm-hmm. How do these worlds apart individuals unite through the love of flamenco, unite for the love of their family, mm-hmm. and unite for the love of each other? And mm-hmm. they've been based in Geylang for the last seven years, bringing up two children. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think if you come to these uh, open homes, their open homes, you will hear a side of story or you'll experience what it's like to live in this uh, house that you work. So mm. that's, that's uh, Living Flamenco. The second family, it's, uh, it's called Makers and Mavericks. And it started with Anorin, who's a young, talented designer, visual artist. Uh, but as we talked about the project, the father got involved. Mm-hmm. And then the mother initially was not so sure, but eventually she's involved. So now the sh- their show in the HGV flat will have three mini tours mm-hmm. and you get to spend a bit of time with each of them and discover how creativity is celebrated in their family mm-hmm. and how they encourage creativity from the kitchen to the bedroom to life so that's makers and mavericks 
Third piece I'm working with is a really emotionally challenging one. This is a mummy mm. not at home, uh, Danny, who discovered that his mother had dementia. Uh, and I still remember in the first rehearsal, we were just talking generally, what do you want to talk about, right? And there's already a beautiful video of him working with this, I mean, coping with, you know, the stress of looking after his mother and learning how do you manage your parent who's now a child. Mm. Right. So in the second rehearsal, he said, uh, "Jeffrey, you you got to meet my mother." Right. So everyone was like, you know, and and I just went along. Uh, it was initially, to be honest, scary because I've never really met a dementia person in mm-hmm. real life. Mm. But she spoke to me for an hour. One hour. Yes, she repeated things, but every time she repeated, it was new information. And as a theatre. Person, I I've learned so much from this project. Just listening, mm. you know. How do we have active listening? What are people actually saying? What is it that they want to say? Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, we've formed such a nice friendship now. Every time I go and rehearse, she will joke with me, mm-hmm. you know, not not in a very uh, con- conversant way, but she will find a way to make hand gestures joke with me, tell me a grape is 50 cents. Then I'm like, huh? <laughs> I can't afford to eat these grapes. <laughs> you know? So that, yeah. that's his beautiful mother. Yeah. And then the last piece is, uh, was a single mom, Wendy, uh, who's now remarried with a single dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you walk into their beautiful house, you know, it's like, wow, such a rich lady in such a beautiful <laughs> house with a swimming pool. Life must be perfect, <laughs> right? And then when she shares about her piece, which is called Magic in Your Hands, uh, you, you learn that we all go through different journeys, mm-hmm. some tougher than others. And how do you make that difference? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not just magic in your hands, but how do you have a possibility thinking mm-hmm. to help you cope with different things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, yeah, some people will say, oh, you need to imagine the future and all that, but before you can imagine the future, you need to accept the present, right? Mm. You need to accept whatever that's yeah. in front of you to say, okay, now that this has happened, what do we do about it? Mm. What can we do about it? So I, th- I think there are lots of uh, inspirational stories. Uh, there are 30 stories. I know it's hard <laughs> and it's a bit expensive, some people have said. But I think if you can attend three shows, that's 10% of the 30 <laughs> plays that we've got. And yeah. it's about doing something different. Uh, Open Homes this year runs only for six days. Mm. Uh, three weekends. Three weekends, six days, which is the 5th and 6th of August. With different time slots. Yeah, mm. Uh, mm. 10, 12th and 13th of August yeah. and 19th and 20th of August. Each day there are at least six performances. Mm. Uh, I think 10 to 12 different homes. Mm-hmm. So the show times are at 10 o'clock, 12, 2, 4, 6 and 8. Okay. And then, yeah. So if they need more information, it's best to just visit the CIFA website, which yeah. is triple W. CIFA.sg. Yeah. And then after they buy a ticket, they need to register for the show that they want to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there are limited seats, so there's no at the door sales. Yeah. Because <laughs> you won't know where the home is <laughs> to buy a ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, it's, I, I think come alone, uh, come with your friend. Bring your parents, bring your kids. Bring your partners. Uh, bring yeah. your partners. I think yeah. it's a, it's going to be an interesting, you know, August. Yeah, it is.
It sounds very inspiring for everyone involved, not just the audience. So it sounds exciting. And that sums up our, our podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.